The Life Amplified podcast is brought to you this week by the Wavelength Group Coaching Program, the fastest way to turn unrealistic dreams into your everyday life. It's Dan Mason. In this amazing group coaching experience, you're going to have access to two high-level coaches as I'm teaming up with frequent Life Amplified guest Sarah Riley. We're going to give you cutting-edge trainings to help you get clear on your next level, plus identify and remove the subconscious coding that that has kept you stuck in sabotage in the past, but won't affect you another day forward. Plus, you're going to be learning in a supportive group environment with a like-minded community to encourage you every step of the way. If procrastination and perfectionism have kept you stuck in the past, if fear of failure has kept you from taking inspired new action, or even if the fear of success has kept you stepping into your next level, the Wavelength Group Coaching Program is designed to help you break through, take massive action, and implement so that you create more meaning, money, freedom, and fulfillment in 2020. Get all the details at Wavelength mastermind.com. We also have a link for you in the show notes. The program begins in January. It's not too late for you to sign up and get on the wavelength for success in the new year. And now episode 86, six lessons from 12 months of growth in 2019. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I use my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. Insert generic comments about, oh my God, I can't believe it's the end of the year. Right? That's the conversation that we're all obligated to have in the back end of December, but for real, 2019 has been a blur. It's gone by quickly, and we're getting ready to jump right into the roaring 20s. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go old school. I want to slick my hair back, put on a very nice suit, and do my best to transform into the great Gatsby, which is why I will be calling all new clients old sport moving forward in the new year. Uh, Actually, that's not true. I don't think things ended that well for the great Gatsby, if I remember the book correctly. So I, I think I can live a much more amplified life actually staying alive. Right. Wanted to check in with you, though, because this is the time of year when we all really start that visioning for what we want to do and who we want to be in the coming 365 days. And I think one of the biggest problems for many people is we jump right in to trying to create this new vision or in some cases execute on the 2019 vision that we didn't bring to life. But we haven't stopped to reflect on the lessons learned over the past 12 months. And I think it's such a powerful exercise that I would highly encourage you to do is just sit with a journal, really take some time to get still. And what are the takeaways? You know, because even if you had massive success this year, you want to know exactly what created that success. So you can duplicate it again 
in in the future. And if things didn't work out the way you want, it's a good chance to step back and say, hey, where did I fall off track? Where was I out of alignment? And it could very well be there were some areas where you crushed it in 2019 and some areas where you didn't really meet the standards that you set for your life. That is very typical. But we just want to learn one way or the other. And this is something I've been doing in my life uh, quite a bit over the past couple weeks because 2019, it was a year of some big wins and also uh, some setbacks. I took a couple L's along the way too, which was really crazy because on January 1st, I actually moved here to La Jolla, California on New Year's Eve of last year. And I got to ring in the new year, listening to the sound of the ocean in this brand new apartment that had been on my vision board forever. Uh, It happened way quicker than I ever could have imagined. If you go all the way back to the beginning of this podcast in 2017, episode four was with my friend Chris Lee. And we were talking about those 10 principles of abundance and prosperity. And Chris was asking me, what was my 10-year plan for my life? And the biggest thing that I could imagine at that point was just being able to coach my clients while I looked out at the Pacific Ocean while living in La Jolla, California. And I even talked about having a message that would reach 10 million people at that point. And this podcast had just gotten started. It didn't even exist yet when I recorded that interview. And I was still living in St. Petersburg, Florida, going through the motions in a relationship that was at a dead end and not taking off in my business at all. You know, I was still in the infancy of of moving my coaching practice forward. Everything that I imagined for my life in 2027 all came to fruition on New Year's Day of 2019. And man, I just thought I was set. You know, when I think back on last year, my big word, my intention for 2018 was abundance. And it's something that I created in all aspects of my life. I ended up losing a lot of weight, getting in shape while I was living in New York. I 6x my business in a year. And as I had shifted into 2019, my word for this year was acceptance. And boy, you know, it's one of those things, be careful what you wish for, because the lessons will come attached. And it's almost like the universe took all those places, all those old insecurities, the stories of not being enough, the places where I was still struggling to accept myself and just dumped them right in my lap this year and said, all right, Dan, you want acceptance? Work through all this. And uh, there were a couple points this year when I had to call some friends and I'm like, look, I am just hanging on right now. And even in spite of all this, I was still able to deliver amazing value to my clients and my clients had big wins this year. And even in spite of some emotional turmoil that I was going through, it was still another year of, of great success and being able to serve and grow my reach and my impact and still another year of out earning my highest earning year from corporate. America, but this was definitely not a year of exponential financial growth for me, but it was such a year of exponential healing. And I think that they really go hand in hand. If you're a person who wants to grow in any aspect of your life, financially, health-wise, in your career, you can't get there with the same mindset and the same foundation of beliefs that got you to where you are. You know, if you want to 5X your life, 5X your healing. (laughs) which means for me, it was healing a lot of old trauma this year. That was a big theme in my life. And really what I want to share with you is just six lessons that really stand out to me that I am taking forward with me 
into the new year. And I hope this serves you. I hope it resonates. If it does, I would love to hear your feedback. You can always screenshot this podcast. You can upload it to Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at CSC Dan Mason, or you can just send me a DM and share which of these lessons resonate for you. Or you can always join our private Facebook group community, the Life Amplified Power Tribe, which producer Matt will put a link to that in the show notes for you. But the first lesson that I want to dive into this year is I do this recap and this winding down of 2019 is, man, you cannot out-success your trauma. And I was a guy, and this was true in my corporate career, and it certainly happened in my entrepreneurship where I am a striver. And I've just come to peace with the fact there's always going to be a part of me that wants to be the overachiever. I'm always going to want to expand and serve more people and help as many people as I can. And I find this true, especially for heart-centered entrepreneurs is we can get so caught up in trying to help other people that it can be an avoidant pattern to keep us from going within and really dealing with our deepest, darkest shame in our life and our biggest pain. So there was a series of events that happened in my life starting in May, which really forced me to confront some of my childhood abandonment issues, childhood neglect, childhood abuse in many different forms. And no matter, you know, how many countries this podcast has reached or how much money I made or how much impact I was making or what media appearances I was doing, man, the more you try to push down all the old trauma, it's, you know, it's like a pressure cooker. It builds up, it builds up, and eventually it's all going to bubble back up to the surface. And I think sometimes, you know, my clients are always surprised in a pleasant way how deep our work together goes when you work with me as a one-on-one coach. Because, you know, there there are career coaches out there that just want to give you an online quiz to tell you what your next career should be. And look, those people mean well, and I'm sure they get results for their clients. But here's the thing. If you're trying to level up and get out of a high-paying but soul-sucking job, if you're trying to level up and create that soulmate relationship, before we can move the car where it is you want to go, we have to look at what it is that's in the way. And in every instance, it's always unhealed emotional trauma. And, you know, trauma is sort of a polarizing word. I don't think people understand it. We think of it a lot as being those big T traumas about abuse, neglect, abandonment, you know, some of the things I've shared from my past here on the podcast. But You know, it can be the other things as well. There are plenty of clients I have who had well-meaning parents who were very driven in their career, but maybe not emotionally present. There are people who had uh, parents who tried to substitute gifts or presence in lieu of emotional presence. So it creates this pattern of, oh my God, I got to work harder to be enough. I want to make my family proud. And in those moments, the workaholic and the overachiever is born. There are other people, and this has certainly been a pattern in my life in the past, where, you know, you decided that, you know, being vulnerable and being in a truly emotionally intimate relationship is just too painful or it comes with too much risk. So you've just tried to bury yourself in work over here. And then at the end of the day, you're super successful, but you also feel isolated and alone because you're lacking that unconditional love 
in your life. So up until now, you've probably looked to heal that part of yourself by making more money, getting another job, buying a bigger house, moving to a different city. But at the end of the day, no matter where you go, there you are, as they say. And you take that baggage with you to every new situation, to each new company, to each new relationship. So this year, uh, on two different occasions, and as much as I try to avoid doing that work in my own life sometimes. And it's so funny, you've heard me talk about attachment patterns on this podcast, which are usually formed in the first 24 months of life based on the quality of attunement and care that we got from our caregivers. And our attachment patterns really dictate the way that we learn to connect emotionally and psychologically with the world. And in the perfect world, you are a person who lives in secure attachment. You have a very high opinion of yourself. You have a high opinion of other people. You believe that you can just speak up for your needs and that people will show up and meet them for you. And if you get pushback or if you ask for what you want and people react badly, you don't take that personally about yourself. You just realize that's about the other person. Statistics say 50% of people are secure attachment. Uh, In my world, it's like, I don't know where these people are hiding. (laughs) Secure attachment clients generally don't come to me to create their next level because there was some level of dysregulation with our primary caregivers growing up. So why am I talking about this? Because your attachment patterns will dictate how you show up to really do your emotional healing. If you're an anxious attachment person, meaning more than likely you are afraid of abandonment. There was an inconsistent response to your needs by your caregivers. Sometimes they were there, sometimes they weren't. They might've been working a lot. You could have had secure attachment with your caregivers, but had that taken away from you if a parent passed away early. So as a result, as you become just very anxious, you know, you're afraid of abandonment, So if that resonates for you as an attachment style, it's a little harder for you to heal because you live so much in the flood of emotions, of the anxiety, of the panic, of the constant worry that you almost become flooded and paralyzed where it is hard to take action and take the grounded action steps to move forward. Anxious attachment people are big feelers but it's hard for them to self-regulate and get themselves into a state where they can take action. Now, there is another attachment type called avoidance. And that's if you grew up in a home where there was a very rigid response to your needs, if there were too many rules, or if there was an emotionally distant response to your needs. If you cried out and people just weren't there for you. In many instances, uh, you might have had to be the parent to your parents growing up. You were the responsible one. Your parents looked to you to emotionally regulate them, or you had to be the responsible one to take care of siblings because your parents weren't around much. Avoidant attachment people very much value independence. They like to push away. They they hold people at arm's length many times. Uh, these are people that have a high opinion of themselves, but a low opinion of other people. And the problem with avoidant attachment in healing your trauma is avoidant attachment people love a to-do list. They just like getting stuff done, but they do 
view the achievement in lieu of the feeling. So a lot of times they're like, well, Dan, what do I have to do? Do I just like drink some green juice, go to yoga? Like, you know, can I pull an oracle card or just say a positive affirmation? But they're trying to avoid the feelings underneath that came from not getting their needs met. And whether you're anxious or avoidant, it really doesn't matter. It's two sides of the same coin, but it's really preventing you from doing that deeper emotional healing in your life. And that's why so much of my coaching is very attachment informed. You know, people are surprised when they come to me to talk about, well, Dan, you know, I, I, I hate working as an accountant or I'm burned out in my career as a lawyer or a doctor. And what we end up talking about, you know, during those initial sessions is a lot about mom and dad, because how did you learn to attach, right? It will inform how you show up at work. Anxious attachment people will take on the work of seven people because they want to be liked. Avoidant attachment people don't trust that anybody else will show up and do the work. (laughs) So they take on the work of seven people, but they do it for different reasons and they all end at burnout. And there's no amount of success that you will achieve that will make that go away on its own. So, you know, finding a trauma-informed coach or therapist is so vital to getting to your next level. And, and you know, typically people who come to me are very high achievers. Uh, they do all the things. They got the degrees and the certifications and they got the high-paying jobs and they get the promotions. But underneath it is still that, that core feeling of I'm not enough. And I relate so much to that. And if this sounds or feels familiar to you, know that my heart is with you today. But this is the real work for you. And, you know, I've got a couple spots open for VIP coaching in the month of January if you'd like to work one-on-one. Also got some group coaching programs out there. We can talk more about that. But trust me, lesson number one is you can't out-success your trauma. Learn that the hard way this year. And this all brings me into lesson number two, and I think it sort of dovetails together, right? Because you can't out-success your trauma. You can generate all the success in the world, but that will not heal the hurt parts of you, success in and of itself. But here's the thing. Most of us spend our life chasing thinking that the thing that we're going to get is going to make us feel like we've made it or we arrived. I think, you know, quite honestly, I spent two years pursuing this dream of living on the beach in La Jolla, thinking that the minute I was on the beach and I could fall asleep listening to the ocean, that would be freedom. And it would all come. And anytime you are looking to something outside of yourself to provide an internal experience, you're missing the mark. That is never going to be sustainable in the long run. And this is what the second thing that I really want to remind you and something I knew, but I was reminded of pretty quickly after getting here and fulfilling my beach dreams in California is the prize is not the thing. Getting the money, the dream house, the new job, finding the relationship, becoming a parent, that's not the real prize. (laughs) The prize is the person that you become in the process. Don't get me wrong. I love laying in bed at night. I love listening to the ocean while I cuddle with the dog. But when I think about all the baby steps that it took for me to get here over the past two years, 
I had to become a person who was able to be seen for who I really am. I had to put myself out there in a really authentic and vulnerable way, both on this podcast, through some of the live trainings I do on Facebook, through my writing, through my speaking engagements, and really confront the parts of me you know, that grew up in a home where I was told, hey, children should be seen, not heard. Go shut up. Go to your room, Dan. Uh, so healing those parts of myself and really just allowing myself to stand fully in who I am, both the really awesome parts about me and the parts about me that I'm still working on, that was a big gift in, in, in this process. Becoming just the guy who was courageous enough to leave a super successful corporate career and pursue this dream in the first place. You know, how many people have talked for years about what they want to create, but they never actually take the leap? And here I am now on the other side of the leap, and I feel tremendous pride. That was a gift, is being a man of courage. Being able to let go and set boundaries with the people who didn't support this this dream that I had for my life. It's very difficult. You know, I was a guy for many years that just wanted to please people and I wanted them to like me, even if that meant collapsing on myself or playing small so that I could fit their expectations of who I should be. I did that in I did that with my family for years. I did that in romantic relationships. And that was a pattern I let go of in order to create this life for myself on the West Coast. So the prize now isn't the fact that I'm living on the beach, the prize really, the ultimate satisfaction are in all the things that happened along the way and all of the lessons learned. So that's the big lesson that I would tell you uh, that I'm taking into 2020, and I hope that you can find a way to really integrate this on your own. Most of us are chasing a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, not realizing we're the pot of gold. The treasure is already within you. It's who you are, not the person that you were conditioned to be growing up. And the more that you can connect to that authentic part of yourself, the more happy you're going to be, the more fully expressed you're going to be, and the faster you will move your life forward. Lesson number three that I am taking with me into 2020. This is so important, guys. The answer that moves you forward won't be found by looking in the past. How many times do we go back to a relationship or an old job or an old career or something that made us happy years ago and expecting that to deliver an emotional payoff for us in the present? Uh, I, I think, honestly, that this is the real sort of metaphorical meaning of the biblical story of Sodom and Gomorrah when Lot's wife looked back over her shoulder and turned into a pillar of salt. By looking backwards and not forwards, she collapsed on herself. And there are so many powerful examples that this has come up for me this year. One of the things I think I talked about in an earlier episode this year is, hey, you know, I really am working on this uh, balance and, and looking to find my social circle and find my tribe here now that I'm on the West Coast. And, you know, that's why I'm going to start performing in theater again at night, you know, because theater has always been this way for me to, you know, connect and communicate and find my people. And sure enough, uh, I did a couple different theater productions this year and they didn't bring me the same level of joy. In fact, going to the rehearsals felt very much like an obligation. And that was a confusing thing. I'm like, how is this thing that was such an important part of my life for like 20 years 
why is there not the same emotional payoff? And this is what I would tell you is once I got curious and started to to really get clear on why theater had been so important to me years ago, I started to understand theater was a way to be seen. It was a vehicle for self-expression. It was a vehicle to connect with people. You know, even if I was just playing a character on stage, uh, it was a way to feel noticed and it it was a way to offer like some sort of gift to entertain an audience. You know, one of my favorite quotes about performing was from the legendary stage actress Cheetah Rivera. And she would talk about curtain call when the cast would come out to take a bow at the end of the theater shows. She said the bow for her was not about receiving applause or attention. It was acknowledging and thanking the audience for being there and being present in the story. So, you know. You know, there are, I'm sure there are many actors who are in it for ego and for their own glory, but there is something within you that you are offering up your gifts in service of other people. And those were all the needs that theater met for me back in the day, but I realized I'm meeting those same needs in a higher level way right now. By doing this podcast, I'm able to express and be able to share myself with you. Uh, Through my coaching, I am able to serve others, even with some of the things like the group coaching programs that you've heard me talk about with the Wavelength program coming up. It's a way to create a really positive, like-minded community and a way to support other people. So now all of a sudden, you know, I don't need to be on stage in order to meet those needs. So think about this in your life. Where have you gone back to the past looking for an answer? How many times have you gone back to an ex who is toxic for you (laughs) because you were like, oh, well, you know, we used to be so happy back in the day. And if you think about what was the feeling that you really created in the beginning of that relationship. What is it? It was love. It was expansion. It was connectedness, uh, maybe vulnerability. And the thing is, you became addicted to the person because you thought that they were the source of that. When the reality is, is you created that experience internally. There is a yearning again to feel connected, to feel expansive. You can create that on your own without going back to an ex who might not have treated you well over the course of the relationship. There's a lot of times that, you know, people go back to an old career that they had left five years before, 10 years before, because it's like the devil they know versus stepping into the unknown and doing the thing that is trying to emerge from within them now. One of my clients over the past year wanted to leave her corporate career and go back to the idea of opening up this bakery. She used to have one, you know, during her marriage many, many years ago, and her husband got them into a lot of credit card debt, and eventually she had to close her business uh, because of all the financial trouble that he got the family into. So as she went out on her own, she got divorced, built this highly successful six-figure sales career. Then she wanted to go back and do the bakery. And then as she started to run a bakery out of her house on the side as a side hustle, like she baked 111 pies out of her home in one weekend. And she realized, oh, my God, I hate baking. I don't enjoy this. But what she was trying to do was go back. It was almost like an F.U., 
to her ex-husband that got in the way and got the family in financial trouble. So that wasn't the answer. She was trying to go back 10 years to find a solution in the present. And once we identified that pattern, she was very quickly able to course correct and move into a business idea that was aligned with the person that she was now in her 40s instead of who she used to be when she was younger. So most of the time, the things that are in your past, they're there for a reason. They're not there to go back to. And when you're constantly looking back over your shoulder for answers, you're never going to have your eyes on the next thing that contributes to your expansion. Three more lessons that really uh, have changed me in 2019 that I would love to share with you today. The fourth one is the things that you want The things you desire in your life, the money, the career, the relationship, the love, the influence, they're not hard to receive. You know, if there is something that you want in your life, but you have struggled to create it, it's not that that thing is hard to receive. It's just outside your identity. Great episode that I would highly recommend going back and listening to was from earlier this year with Jim Fortin, where we talked about harnessing the power of your subconscious mind. And he said there, if you want to know what your subconscious identity is, all you have to do is look at the results in your life. You know, if you're a person who struggles, who is overweight, it's because your identity is someone who is an overweight person. If you are a person who is living paycheck to paycheck. It is because your identity is that of financial struggle. Many times, by the way, that identity is inherited generationally from our parents. You know, it's one of the things we talk about when, you know, generational wealth isn't so much, you know, just about passing money on to the children, but it's about the mindset that wealth is just a frequency that anybody can tap into. So that's the biggest thing that separates the people who are crushing it financially from the people who are in struggle. If your identity is, as I've just got a work really hard and just get by or money doesn't grow on trees, your reality is going to match that. And this is why so many people are working hard. They're trying to launch the side hustle. They're trying to get their new business idea off the ground. They are trying to write the book. They're trying to do whatever the thing is, and they're not getting results because their identity is not matched up with the strategy. You know, So you can take action and take action and take action, but if you don't believe the thing that you want is possible for you or that it's elusive to you, you're never going to get the results. That you want. If you're a person who is a non-smoker, you're not going to light up a cigarette after you finish listening to this podcast today. Your identity is that of a non-smoker and you would never take action that's in violation of that identity. So therefore, if your identity is somebody who is risk averse, you're never going to take a risk in the direction of your dreams. A vegan is not going to listen to this podcast and go to the Outback Steakhouse for a filet mignon and a blooming onion. (laughs) It's not what they do. It would violate their identity. And this is where coaching is so important and having the right mentor who can help you identify your blind spots, but also recode that subconscious programming uh, that tells you that the things that you want are not available to you. Wealth is just a frequency. It's available to everybody. Love is equally available to anybody. You know, it doesn't matter what your experience was uh, growing up. 
with your caretakers. It's something that you can tap into right now, but we've just got to get your subconscious identity on board so you feel safe to have the things that you say that you want. Lesson number five that I'm taking with me into 2019. This was such a powerful exercise I learned from a uh, coach that I was working with in the latter part of the year. But three questions that you can ask yourself every morning. And by the way, these questions will help you illuminate where some of your subconscious beliefs are blocking you. But you can get up each morning and you can journal about these three questions. Number one, what do I believe about myself? Number two, what do I believe about the universe slash God? Number three, what do I believe about money? Uh, And what you'll find, by the way, is a lot of times the things that you believe about God or the universe are pretty closely aligned with the things that you believe about money. And more specifically, do you believe in an unconditional universe or do you believe in a conditional universe? Most of us uh, were raised to believe that, you know, we're in a conditional universe, that if you make the wrong decision, you know, if you grew up in church, you were told if you sin, you are being cast out of the Garden of Eden, you are going to burn on the lake of fire. You know, you were taught by your parents that if you do the right thing, if you uh, follow the rules, you get love. If you don't follow the rules, there is pain. We grew up in a school system, by the way, where it was very permission-based. You had to raise your hand and ask for permission to go to the bathroom. And all of this starts to create the coding for what you believe is possible as an adult. Then you want permission from other people before you go live your dreams. You're afraid of of doing the wrong thing because in your mind, making mistakes equals I am bad or I am wrong. But these are three super powerful questions uh, that will help you. And I'll tell you one of the things that... This was one of the breakthroughs in doing that list of questions every day for a week straight. What I realized is what I believe personally about the universe slash God is it's not something out in outer space. You know, it's not a person wearing a crown who is very moody and judging you. (laughs) I believe that that idea of God or the universe is just an energy and By the way, it's within us that, you know, that there is something divine within each and every one of us. And I also believe that whatever you call this energy, God, the universe, source, life, fate, dharma, I don't know, but whatever it is that you call it, it also exists in all things good. I believe that that energy is within money. It's within love. It's within abundance. So therefore, if that higher source of, we'll call it God energy, is within you and it's within all things good. Therefore, there can be no separation between you and the things that you desire in your life in the coming year. The things you want, they're already there for you. You know, you might not see it in physical form yet, but it's there and it is available to you. Another big mindset shift, you know, that I did is I was really journaling through these three questions where did I believe was my source of income? You know, so many people stay trapped in a job that they hate that is literally stressing them out and killing them because they believe that corporate America is their source of income. I see this with entrepreneurs or particularly coaches where, you know, we can fall into a trap of thinking that clients are our source of income and that creates tremendous stress for entrepreneurs because every application that comes in, they're looking at it as, oh my God, this is how I'm going to survive this month. And life changes quickly 
when you realize your clients or your corporation or your boss is not your source of income, that the universe is your source. And it is always providing you exactly what you ask for. And the biggest problem that I see is that it's usually not that anybody asks for too much. It's that we ask for too little. I'm perpetually amazed by how many people in their coaching applications and how many new clients I talk to who are just like, look, you know, I don't need much. I just want to get by. So many people say that. I just want to get by. I want to be comfortable. How many people are just afraid to say, you know what? I want to thrive. I want to have a, a million dollars in reserve because I know that I can better take care of myself and my loved ones and give to people who need it. <laughs> Nobody comes to me with that expectation because it's almost like, you know, there is a level of shame with asking. Life pays what you ask of it. If you're somebody who's just like, look, I just want to get by. I just want to be able to pay my bills. Then that's the reality that you're going to create. You will continue to be paycheck to paycheck but you're never stepping in truly to the level of abundance that you know that you want in your heart. And that's my great wish for you is that this year you will learn to ask for more. One other lesson that I would like to share with you as we wrap up the six lessons I'm taking into 2020. Whew, this is a big one. Um, and I haven't talked about this really on the podcast in great detail. It is never too late to heal your childhood. If you've listened and been part of this community over the past couple of years, you've realized uh, I've had an estranged relationship from my mom since about 2005, 2006, uh, where, you know, her own struggles and her own battles and her energy really was just becoming too big of a negative force in my life. And for me to move forward and become the man that I was meant to be, I, I had to set a boundary and, and cut that out of my life for a period of time. And over the past two months, uh, my mother and I have reconnected for the first time in, God, 13 years. And it's really on many levels like getting to know a stranger or just really learning each other all over again. I mean, because I have done so much work around healing the beliefs that I created as part of the things that happened in my childhood and with some of the abuse and some of the, you know, uh, the problems that existed in our home. But this is what I will tell you, because I I'm sure you're listening today and there is some strained, crazy relationship in your family. That's what, I mean, our families are our most triggering relationships. And I just want to remind you that you can continue to assign blame to the people who you perceive did you wrong or the people who hurt you. You can assign blame or you can allow for blessings. And I think that that is really one of the biggest signs for me of my spiritual growth is it was being able to step out of the stories of all the ways my mother did not show up, uh, not in the way that I wanted her to. She, she was certainly not the mother that I wish I had growing up. But being able to let that go and choosing to forgive. And like I said, I, you know, it, it doesn't mean that I know how to have this amazing supportive relationship with my mother right now, and I've told her as much, but I'm willing to be open to the possibility. And what I've noticed is since the energy has shifted, and by the way, how crazy is it? My mom and I had our first conversation in 13 years on Halloween, which was somehow like fitting and appropriate when you look at the history of, of our relationship. 
But as I've shifted some of that energy and really allowed myself and opened myself up to love there and being able to look at our relationship through love's eyes, that's a phrase that really sticks out to me uh, in an interview that we did earlier this year with Mandy Morris, who was talking about how that love is how she manifests. But really taking a look at some of the hurt in your life and coming at it through love's eyes. You know, I've been able to see my mom is the wounded, hurt person who just did not have the strategies or the capacity to deal with a lot of the challenges in her life. You know, she couldn't show up better for me because she simply didn't know how. And just being able to allow that and not punish has been really transformative because what's happened is, is I feel myself really opening up to receiving more love in other areas of my life as well. You know, places where I might have kept the wall up in the past, I feel like those defenses coming down and really just being able to uh, allow for greater healing everywhere in my life. And that is what I want to remind you. You know, so often we base our stories of what, what we're worthy of and what's possible for us because of old childhood experiences or things that happened with our parents. And I just want to remind you, it's never too late for you to have a happy childhood and you can make the decision to heal those things now. And, you know, forgiveness has to happen on its own time. It's not something that can be forced. It, it really does have to happen organically. But if you can allow it, you're also allowing for new blessings in your life. Those are the six lessons that I'm taking with me into 2020. I would love to know which ones resonate for you. You can find me on Instagram, send me a message at CSC Dan Mason. You can also post your aha moments or any breakthroughs or anything that connected for you in our private Facebook group, the Life Amplified Power Tribe. The link for that is in the show notes. And if you're looking to create your amplified career in life, if you're looking to move beyond these old stories that have kept you stuck about lack and limitation and scarcity and not being enough, I would love to extend the invitation for you and I to work together personally in 2020. There are three ways to do that. I do have three spots available in the month of January for my VIP one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, you can get info for that at my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. Uh, we also have the group program kicking off in January, uh, which is you know another amazing container for support, uh, both Sarah Riley and myself will be your coaches on that journey. You can go back and listen to her a couple episodes on the podcast and, and realize how amazing she is. We're super excited to serve you. Also going to have some opportunities for one-on-one -on -one VIP days. Some people really don't want to take that full commitment into like three months or six months on a coaching commitment, but you're looking to make progress fast. You're looking for the quick breakthroughs. So what I do offer is the opportunity to join me here on the beach in San Diego uh, for a VIP experience where we will do a deep dive. I am also going to be offering uh, a couple of these spots in New York. I'll be in Manhattan in the month of January. Uh, you can email me for details on that. Whatever is the best avenue for you, it would be my great honor and privilege to help you move forward into a higher level of meaning, purpose, money, fulfillment, and freedom in 2020. 
Thank you so much for spending this time with me this week. I hope this podcast serves you. Feel free to share it on Instagram if it does. And don't forget, you can leave those five-star ratings and reviews for us up on Apple. For every new rating and review we get, I make a donation that will feed 150 people through Feeding America. So just my way of giving back and saying thank you for taking time uh, to help us out with those ratings and reviews. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next week.